0: Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. It is 11 minutes after 10 p.m. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Again, it's an absolute honor and pleasure to be in your company this evening. Of course, over the weekend, there was that uh, really unfortunate circumstance uh, and quite frankly, bizarre uh, circumstance of a The contingent of South African journalists and the president's um, presidential protection unit being stranded, quite literally stranded on the tarmac of a Polish airport. Of course, the uh, Polish authorities did not want that plane to disembark and uh, they were stuck on it for what seemed like four to five days uh, in great total while the president had to go ahead without them. Those journalists who intended to go on that trip to report in great detail uh, on this Africa peace mission were unable to do so because they were stuck on an airplane. Uh, A number of reports came in about what was going wrong. um, And that's really what we all focused on on the weekend, so much so that we perhaps would have lost sight of perhaps the important part of this weekend or the the, the days preceding it, which is uh, the negotiations or the conversation engagements that the African leaders on this Africa peace mission had with the respective presidents of Ukraine and Russia. Was it successful at all? Um, Was there any value that came out of it? What we now know from President Ramaphosa is that he says that there's commitments from both sides to continue the talks and conversations. Uh, will it yield any result? Our guest this evening, Kwezi Mgwisa, who is part of a court, He's a lecturer at the uh, University of Johannesburg, uh, and he specializes in these sort of things, uh, is with us this evening. Kwezi, good evening. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Let's start here. Uh, One report coming out of Ukraine was that the African delegation, in particular South Africa, really only was interested on negotiating uh, the withdrawal of the warrant of arrest uh, on, on, on Vladimir Putin. This was claimed by Zelensky's presidential advisor, right? Uh, how much truth there is to it we don 't quite know because some of these conversations happened behind closed doors, and we only got a summarized version of it right and of course, very high level stuff would have been negotiated behind closed doors um, and he argues uh, that the south african uh, the African leaders came to ask for a suspension of the Putin 's warrant arrest, although ukraine can 't enact that right because this is entirely an ICC uh, enacted initiative that 's what they claim on the other hand. Uh, The president's uh, peace mission then went over to Russia and presented a list of Uh, You know, priorities. I'll I'll use the word priorities here because I don't want to use the word demand because no one is in a position to make any demands in this peace mission. Uh, A list of priorities as to what they think would uh, bring about peace and what would expedite a resolution in this conflict. And a lot of it seems to be in favor of Ukraine, many critics argue, but rightfully so, right? Ukraine then also expresses quite clearly that the only way they would sit around the negotiating table with Russia is if Vladimir Putin withdraw all troops from Ukraine. Obviously, that's not going to happen. And this seems to be a hard uh, sort of limit placed uh, on the table by the Ukrainians. Is further conversations likely to ever take place?
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity, Oliver. I think all of us must brace ourselves for the gamesmanship of peace processes. I think that other than the administrative, what appears to be monumental um, levels on the part of the Presidential Protection Service, South African Police Service, uh, and, and, and less said about that, the better. Other than that, the reality is that the games have, have begun. What are these games I'm, I'm referring to? I'm referring to the framing of what this mission was about. Firstly, we, we have to to, to concede on the part of the Africans, that uh, the foundation of this particular mission was both misplaced and ambiguously defined. What was it? Was it a mediation? Certainly not. Because they were not invited by Ukraine and Russia. Was it a negotiation? No. Ukraine and Russia are not talking to each other. Was it a facilitation? It could never be. There was no mandate from anybody of significance that had given these African heads of states to actually go to this particular war zone in order to initiate talks. What could it be then? Essentially, when we're looking in conflict management terms, and this takes years to put into place, yeah. we're talking about an endeavor whereby,
0: one, you do fact-finding oh quick i'm gonna pause you there uh because just because the line lot. is very very terrible you, you you chop in and out of there and and it's 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 we miss a couple of the words that you say there, making it very difficult to follow so we, we we're gonna put you back, get you on a different line uh but I think those insights uh and that framing is incredibly important. was it a peace mission certainly not was it mediation definitely not there's no such mandate uh that came through an invitation. As you argue, these these African leaders went there at their own accord. Uh, You know, they asked to go there. No one uh, asked them to come, uh, so to speak. Does that framing matter at all? Once they get in the room and start having these conversations uh, is obviously uh, the important crux of that of 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 that chain of thought over there, but we're going to try and get you on a better line to give you an opportunity to respond to that. The lines remain open, and you can chime in and give us your comment, your views, your reflections on this. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two I'm also taking your whatsapp voice note on zero six one four one zero four. 107 because you argue that it certainly wasn't a mediation because a mandate for that didn't exist and the peace uh, the peacemaking uh conciliatory efforts um make it very difficult given that no one invited them there anyway uh, why is that framing important crazy can you hear me yes there we go go ahead oh
1: My apologies. Um, I am saying that um, if we're looking into the phrasing and definition of this particular nation, a lot of ambiguity accompanied both from the African side and, of course, the number of interested parties right around the world. I can certainly tell you it was not a mediation. It was not a negotiation. It was not a facilitation because if all these three conditions were to be met, we would need to have a mandate given to the African leaders
0: Yeah.
1: for a negotiation they would have to actually have direct or indirect engagements by Ukraine and Russia, which is not there. And lastly, from a mediation point of view, the Ukraine and Russia would have to invite these heads of state. So in, in a sense, what we have here could and only could have been, one, fact finding mission, to do what? To go and ascertain that the claims and counterclaims that have been made by both Ukraine, yes, indeed, of suffering and of having their sovereignty uh, being violated by the special operation of Russia, what impact has it had? Secondly, to go and seek out constituencies that are favourable to negotiation and dialogue yeah. would be the first main objective of this particular one. From there on, you can then build confidence-building mechanisms of saying. For example, amongst many other things that have been done, how is it that these two countries that are engaged in full scale war observing normative uh, minimum behavior in times of war? Has the ICRC, International Conflict uh, Council of the Red Cross, spoken about the treatment of, of, of prisoners of war? What impact has this had on children? What overall impact validated uh, on the infrastructure, way of life, economic livelihood? And if any, So these are the fundamental two things that any mission of this nature would have gone out to do in Russia and Ukraine.
0: Yeah, but I I guess having gotten the airtime is a significant one, right? It means that there's a willingness to listen at least.
1: Well, indeed. I mean, uh, the reality of the matter is that uh, if you look into what the African Union is, uh, many people here at home in South Africa might not acknowledge this. But the the Africa grouping within global institutions such as the United Nations is one of the most definitive in number and at times in terms of uh, ideation on how to address some of the world's problems. Whether we're looking at, for example, prominent roles played by South Africa in addressing situations and issues such as climate change, you recall COP in Beben, whether we're talking about the addressing of um, um, intermittent and protracted conflicts right across the continent, no one has the experience to deal with external and proxy type of war more than the Africans. So the the, the argument that says you have failed in Africa has some standing, but it's not a sustainable one. Um, I mean, I've heard commentary right through, and rightly so pointing out to fake, successive failed initiatives by African heads of state. But look at the people that have gone there. South Africa has been at the forefront of finding a solution to Burundi, DRC, South Sudan, and uh, Lesotho. The government of, of, of Zambia, the, 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 the administration in Zambia, is the home to almost all of peace agreements, bringing in rebels and, 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 and government to sign agreements. The agreement is almost a nomenclature of conflict resolution yeah. in Africa. President Al-Sisi in Egypt is responsible for the resolution of the conflict in, in in the Horn of Africa. I could go on. Congo President Vilio is responsible for addressing the issues in Central African Republic. So there is not, it's easier to actually criticize when there is no direct impact. But the real truth of the matter is that yeah. Africa has a voice and it has certainly set out to contribute its voice. Yeah. To the Ukraine-Russia
0: war. Yeah. A few more questions I want us to assess on the other side of this. Let's take a quick night talk with Oliver Dixon, 23 minutes after 10 p.m. You're listening to Night Talk this evening. My name is Oliver Dixon, and I'm in conversation right now with Kwezi Mubisa, who is a research associate at the Center for African Diplomacy and Leadership at the University of Johannesburg. And we are unpacking the Africa peace mission uh, that just concluded its visit to Russia and Ukraine. Shortly after, quasi, uh, shortly after the peace mission left Ukraine, uh, sorry, yes, Ukraine for Russia, um, the Russian president um, was disappointed that the African leaders and, in particular, Cyril Ramaphosa did not recognise that while they were in Kiev that Russia was shelling bombs in Kiev while the African leaders were there and the African leaders were like, what bombs? We don't know what you're talking about. We heard nothing. And the, uh, it seemed to me that Zelensky was disappointed that they nonetheless went ahead and took a meeting with Putin, regardless of Putin having allegedly shelled uh, bombs in Kiev while they were there that demonstrates a relationship where the one party is not too happy with the other. There's an incongruency of goodwill, uh, so to speak, uh, at the facilitation table, as you referred to it earlier. Similarly, uh, one of Zelensky's advisors says, well, the only thing these people were interested in was getting Putin's warrant of arrest recalled uh, so that he can go and visit South Africa in August for the BRICS summit. Um, Is there enough goodwill between the African leaders, and in particular here the South African uh, president, uh, seemingly um, informally leading this delegation, and the Ukrainians. I want to ask about the Ukrainians first before I get to the Russians.
1: Uh, I think um, it's late in the day, uh, both in the, in the time of the evening, but at the same time in terms of how much of these issues have been ventilated. The rate of the matter is that South Africa is not a fully trusted a fully trusted interlocutor on this matter because of uh, the perceived closeness uh, to Russia. That's the starting point. This will have an impact, negative if I may say, on the ability of the African mission to continue to be considered as um, a broker, an honest and trusted broker that can help uh, the the two parties uh, come closer to each other. Uh, before we you we, we, we went on break, I, I was just concluding a, a, an important point, which I think is relevant, which is part of, of, of set-finding and confidence-building is intended to help the, the various external actors, including the Africa group, to be what we call in conflict management an agent of reality. When you're an agent of reality, it means that you are helping the protagonists, Russia and Ukraine, in yeah. this instance, to evaluate whether they are one-sided conditions for going to the table. Are they realistic? Will they have any support externally? And what impact it on the goodwill of the two countries in terms of how they are viewed by the international community? So until President Ramaphosa and the South African government, in their role and contribution to the African mission, clarify and actually inspire confidence on the side of both Russia and
0: Ukraine, we are not going to see much progress
1: and headway on the part of this mission
0: yeah and 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 going to russia uh it seems like there's a friendly relationship there with the african peace mission and, and and vladimir putin and 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 so there seemed to be a lot more free talk there despite the fact that they were really canvassing uh so to speak for or at least the subtext suggested that they were canvassing for uh putin to uh you know to withdraw troops from uh from ukraine uh, i don't know if you saw that handshake uh, between Putin and Ramaphosa, it looked very friendly, very familiar, very uh, enthusiastic, uh, so to speak. And I mean, uh, you, you've been involved in peace missions. I don't know if body language matters body language at
1: all. Is, definitely, definitely says a lot, Oliver. But let, 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 let us let us contextualize it a little bit, Oliver. A lot of uh, people that have been commenting on this issue have rightly been uh, framing, their, or rather, using the United Nations Charter framework as the basis of assessing who yeah. is in the right, who is in the wrong. Now, let us go exactly to the heart of it. The ambassador of Ukraine in South Africa rightly point out two instances where they seem that Russia's special military operation goes to the heart of violating the sovereignty of um, Ukraine. This has been canvassed. There, there, there is no dispute around that. But here is where the fundamental issue, where we are all at right now. Remember, initially, it was only Ukraine. Uh, are being affected or violated, or it's already violated by Russia, right? There's no dispute around that. But what has happened since then? There is now a coterie of international actors that have sought to undermine the very same Charter of the United Nations, which specifically explains that when these instances of breach of sovereignty and international peace and security, the other members cannot participate in any manner that exacerbates that, um, uh, that instability and loss of peace and security. And that is where the unique nature of this African mission, with others such as that of the Chinese and elsewhere, seeks to actually say, that let us all recoil, let us all... Um, uh, that's why President Ramaphosa was a pain to speak very legalistic language, de-escalation. He's not a military man. I mean, those with a military background will actually tell you this that would need to be followed for de-escalation, I can assure you, if we are to explore them, it will address exactly what President Zelensky and the time President Putin talks about where yeah. they say we are de-escalating in order to ensure that we are creating space for us to explore how to address the systemic grievances that Russia has since the, the, the abandonment of the Minsk government, as well as, uh, as so on the side of Ukraine, the, the whole Shkhalopaloo about Crimea, and of course, uh, afterwards, the, the, the situation in Donbass.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, j- j- just w- perhaps a last theme to explore before we move on to, 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 to the Polish issue. What is the litmus test, Kwezi? And I ask you this specifically because you've been involved in peace missions. What is the litmus test for a successful peace mission or a peace intervention?
1: The the lowest bar, uh, Oliver, is that one, it did happen. Two, you were received at the highest level by the uh, decision makers on the other side. Three, there is an acknowledgement. And I won't say of legitimacy, there's an acknowledgement on the validity of your mission. Those are the three ones, and I think in this particular instance, uh, the African mission made up of these African heads of state has passed that. But that is never a guarantee of success, as I indicated. The ability to build rapport and inspire confidence as an honest, credible broker is there for South Africa and the rest of the African nation to continue to cultivate.
0: Right. By the way, in in, in war, truth becomes a casualty. We hear that phrasing quite often, and it seems like there's a continuous dispute of truth and fact over here. And and, and that makes it very difficult to navigate context, uh, conversations, resolutions, and negotiations. While the African leaders were in Ukraine, um, in Kiev, the Ukrainians claimed that there were bombs going off, and as a result, they've had to sound the sirens because Russia was bombing the city. Russia claims, no, we didn't do that. Uh, the pre- President Ramaphosa's spokesperson, Vincent Manguena, says, yeah, well, we heard nothing. The Russians then used Mon- uh, Vincent Manguena's claims to validate their point. And you and I, at least I don't know about you, but I'm sitting here not knowing where the bombs went off or not uh, and what the the, the, the factual basis uh, is of, of the uh, agitation by the Ukrainians. What, what role does the dispute of truth and fact play in, mich- in, in peace interventions?
1: You've in said something very critical there, Oliver. You and I sitting here, we do not know what actually happened. And let us ask ourselves a question. Do we really need to know? Because the real of the matter is that the reason the Ukrainians are insisting on there having been shelling, if there was, I don't know, honestly, I don't know, uh, they haven't been shelling, this would repudiate the credibility of Russia to be visited by this mission. That is the reason why they are pursuing that line. And if Russia did attack Ukraine once this mission was there, they are actually showing the Ukrainians that regardless of how much molestation you may visit upon you, even when you have got these important gifts, they will come to us. So at the end of the day, there are things that a mediation facilitator, their confidence and fact-finding mission cannot say outright. They cannot say these Ukrainians are lying or these Russians are, mol- are continuing to molest these individuals. These are issues. You see, the critical element, Oliver, for, for, for what this fact mission is supposed to do is to help shape the conduct and behavior of the parties. So we, we used to, to, to draw up a set, re- a set ret uh, when we're training in conflict management yeah. and say that as a mediator and the facilitator, you must have a big daily, so that you can take the punches. People are not fighting the African mission. They're fighting each other and fighting each other through the attention and conduct of the African nation. So on this one, whether Maguena was correct or not correct, or whether Maguena did hear something or not, let us look at what needs to be done. We need to all work jointly to help the two parties change their behavior by de-escalating the situation. Yes, we will be we will do suffering, yeah. in terms of what is the truth. But, but again, Oliver, what is truth when we don't have information? I think this is possibly one of the few conflicts in the entire world that is globalized in terms of information and ITC, whereby we don't have independent uh, observatories of information. to actually right, right. This is what is done and who has done it. I mean, to this day, none of our media, which was sitting in a plane in Warsaw, can actually give us credible and direct quotes from the airport authority of Poland. Yeah, season-wise. absolutely. And these are the things that we, we tend to want to get into, the mitigities of things that happen in high tables, behind closed doors, instead of trying to shape, not a narrative, but shape storytelling that helps everybody be held accountable, whether it's Ukraine, whether
0: it is Russia, whether it is African leaders, whether it is the SEPS, protection, presidential protection, protection services. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to Poland. Uh, what happened there? Was it merely just miscommunication, one? Two, was it just the South Africans not complying uh, or at least this poor compliance with regulatory protocols about uh, weapons and uh, airspace regulatory stuff? Or was it the Polish being recalcitrant and trying to send a message about the presence of South African and its participation in this mission?
1: Having listened to what everybody else says that they had somebody else analyzing elsewhere. Uh, I think that it could be a mixture of, of, of these things. I mean... Um, being, of, uh, being a South African and having experienced the travel of uh, successive South, 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 South African presidential mediation facilitation teams, not only on the continent, by the way, but around the world, in different parts of the world, um, a, a contingent of security measures is put into place. It is negotiated well ahead of time, and it is reliant upon those that are, are being negotiated with being faithful uh, in terms of what is agreed upon. There is no way an aircraft full of ripons, could actually have a flat plan that gets changed above Italy, uh, surrounds the Mediterranean six times and then be from landing in its initial uh, place of yeah. uh, depleting and then all of a sudden, there, is, there are all of these administrative issues. And I'm I, I going to speak very rarely as a South African to say that from a diplomatic point of view, even if the South Africans in Warsaw landed with a plane full of X, Y, and Z, which only the Polish the appear to have insider information what the X, Y, and Z was, and of course the South Africans are not willing to share with the public what it was, there is a practice in law, international or otherwise, which is to remedy the situation. It is clear that, or rather, the Polish claim that the South Africans have actually been non compliant of some administrative issue, right? And it is of yeah. significance. Did they afford them an opportunity to remedy the situation? Because in 36 hours, I can assure you what could have happened to remedy the situation. The authorities in Poland get to speak to the ambassador of Poland in Johannesburg, who will be, who, 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 who will be given or who to whom original copies will be tendered to, to actually show who are the people in Warsaw on that aircraft, what are they carrying. Now, in 26 hours, that could have been done. So this leans me towards thinking that there is more than just simply a bungle on the South African side, which I'm not ruling out because I don't have the facts. But at the same time, I am saying that there are international, there are international practices that I did not see play themselves out on this particular mission. And on this one, I cannot blame the South Africans only because this is not their first rodeo.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to leave you there. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it, Crazy.
1: Thank you again, Oliver.
0: Thank you. Yeah, what are your reactions to that? Give me a call, 86 0 I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 104 You can also tweet me. It is at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter and is Oliver Dixon on Facebook.
1: Come to the